0: Is from Mark chapter 2, beginning to read at verse 1, and can be found on page 1003 of the church Bibles. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing in bringing to him, sorry, a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. take your mat and go home. He got up, took his mat and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone and they praised God saying, we have never seen anything like this. Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him and he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alpheus, sitting in the tax collector's booth, Follow me, Jesus told him, and Levi got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him sitting with sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but those who are ill. I have come to call the righteous, I have come not to call the righteous, sorry, but to call sinners. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Good morning. I just want to draw attention to the presence of Jesus this morning. I don't know if you've sensed the anointing. Uh, Thank you, musicians, this morning. Uh, Thank you, everyone. Um, Even the intro on tax collectors, we have one here. And uh, when his presence is here, no matter how much pain some of us carry, it's okay. We feel safe we are safe in his presence and this is what church is now the idea is not to hide from jesus at home we have um, a title disciples on mission open your home so let's not hide from him at home let's be open to jesus at home and home can feel like the hardest place but biblically home is God's plan A our gathering like this is plan B <laughs> I'll show you how as we go along and It's at home that God's word breaks through and also church gathered. But in terms of being a disciple at home, God's word breaks through rather like the seeds that can crack a paving stone. That's the power of the natural order, that seeds can have more power in a paving stand. And I remember watching my mum come to faith and become a disciple of Jesus, an apprentice of Jesus, and the resistance from my father, sometimes acrimonious and even violent. And the way she grew at home faith in Jesus, and how, as a result of that, the Holy Spirit bypassed my father, and every one of my siblings came to faith around him who was resisting this faith. (laughs) Now, let's do a quick definition, Um, and this is the only slide we have this morning. It's the only one we need. Remember, a disciple is an apprentice of Jesus, but did you know that a mission is a journey with a purpose? So you can have a diplomatic mission. You can have a David Attenborough naturalist mission to the jungle. And to be a disciple, an apprentice of Jesus, we're on a mission which is a journey with a purpose. Isn't it wonderful? That's one of the reasons Christians grace the NHS less than non-Christians, because Christians have a purpose in life, and that has medical health, psychologically, physical health benefits. We We are a more positive people, because we're on a journey with a purpose, and so The most strategic place to exercise your mission is at home. And um, when I think back to my mum, I think of the Great Commission. You will be witnesses in Jerusalem. (laughs) Number one, home. And then Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth any mission agency worth its salt doesn't send people overseas until they've got the hang of being a witness at home. And Jesus had a home. It's amazing. I look at the stuff, the text that Dave gives me, and you have a title, and you've got to work to that, and I think, just you wait, Vicar Dave, just you wait. He gets, He leaves the hard ones for me, well... <laughs> And yet, <laughs> says she, <laughs> and yet, I get insights every time I prep and look at the Bible. Jesus had a house. And I bet you don't know where it was. You've just listened to the reading. Can we do a, a survey? Japan. Oh, My work is cut out here. (laughs) Um, Capernaum, the village or the town of Nahum, the prophet. That's where he was from. Capernaum in English. So Jesus had a house. He lived in a postcode. You could go round to Jesus' place. I'm from Nottingham, we say, are you going round our ass? In the local vocabulary, which I used to have until the Anglican church as a chorister changed my accent. Jesus had a house. And in Matthew 4.12, it says, Leaving Nazareth, leaving his mother Mary, Jesus went to live in Capernaum, Matthew 4, 12. So he lived there, and that's why in the reading this morning it said that he had come home. Did you notice just that passing expression? He went once more to Capernaum, but he had come home, said the locals. And crowds crammed into Jesus' home to hear him speak. And verse 2 of Matthew 2. The house was packed even outside the door. Jesus was forced to open up his home. And this is where I, I mean, Terry Jones has passed away. One of the original, um, uh, what do you call it? Monty Python people passed away this week. And uh, so I uh, struggled in my preparation not to laugh because Jesus opening up his home. Hello. They opened up the roof to get a guy in. He literally opened up his home. You know what I'm saying? Could you imagine if your neighbor came to see you and it's the Demolition men, let them down through the roof. And, and they say, I've oh, only come for a cupper." <laughs> How are you? The answer, I'm facing an insurance claim. Thank you very much. Please yourself. That's just my sense of humor. But there's me and Aunt. But anyway, oh, and Mike. Don't forget Mike. So, but the thing on uh, thing about this incident of the man let down through the roof the miracle happened not in a church not in a synagogue which is why the pharisees were so irritated it happened in a home a place which was not supposed to be holy they, they They were not getting the program. God's plan A is home. Always has been consistently throughout the scripture. We'll see more of that in a moment. And it was the neighbors who broke open that flat roof, as they have in the Middle East, uh, and let the man down. So, Jesus had a home. And also, Jesus visited people at home you notice that the reading said uh, i'm not come for the righteous i'm come for sinners you notice that and he for him it's like a doctor's house call we don't get many of those on the nhs these days doctor's house call home call and jesus god in the flesh Visited people's homes. So in verse 15, while Jesus had dinner at Matthew, the tax collector's home. By the way, it brought um, a new meaning to being moral salt and spiritual uh, light at work. You will be, you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. Do you Remember the teaching of Jesus in Matthew. Moral salt, spiritual light, where we work fantastic. Um, And Jesus visited this tax collector in his home. And sinners ate with him and his disciples. And he's saying, well, who else do you think I'll spend my time with? Get with the program? Not the righteous, but those in need. That's Jesus. He was Emmanuel, Emmanuel. God has come among us. God is on a home visit. <laughs> you shall be saved and your house. Secondly, the early church operated in the same way. They, they followed Jesus. They copied him. Um, they followed his example. So they met in homes. The church... Um, Started out as a network of home fellowships across the city. That's how it was. And Philemon, chapter uh, verse 2, says To Aphea, our sister, and Archippus, and the church that meets in your house. To be honest, most churches worth their salt these days are taking active steps to reverse the negative impact of institutional Christianity where we come at holy at times to do holy things in holy places with holy people. <laughs> and Jesus said, "This is only the filling station. Get out and motor." That's where you're a believer. That's where you're a follower. That's where you're a disciple, uh, an apprentice of Jesus. It's for out there in the Isle of Sainsbury's. Romans 16 greet Priscilla and Aquila and also the church that meets at their house. (laughs) This is how it was at the beginning. And uh, we've seen a renewal that God is bringing, one person called it, a structural reformation to the church over the last 50 years. And the house church movement uh, in Britain emerged in the 1970s onwards, and many of them then Uh, followed everybody else, got halls, and started doing exactly the same as the (laughs) denominations. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, hmm. Then, in the 1990s, the concept of cell church got really big across the Western world, particularly in the States and also here uh, in the UK. And it's the same thing, but the, the issue there is for reproduction. So that you a group come, they grow, and then they plant out and make another one, and they grow, and then they plant out and make another one. So that a a, a community is saturated with cell churches. And then the Barna uh, Foundation has uh, stunning statistics. This is an American foundation, and they are finding that more than at any time in church history, Americans are abandoning institutional forms of church for simple, relational church in the home. And the statistic came to my mind because some of the, the, the biggest group among them doing it are people that have held leadership positions and been flogged to death in established church programs till they're tired out and then they go seeking spiritual rest what are we like as human beings and god wants you to use your home let it be a place of rest and recharge let it be a place to mentor those who are not yet believers used to say that I'm discipling Julia's mum. And people say, oh, I didn't know she was a Christian. I said, well, no, she's not. That's the point. The discipling starts before, <laughs> until they put the L plate on. Then they make a decision. Then the P plate goes on, and like you and I. And we're probationers, uh, apprentices following Jesus. The home to support people whose home life may be painful for them. I remember a time in my life when I was taken into the home of Christian families who were putting into me what was lacking in my own. And a place to reflect and learn, hence growth groups. And I actually, they do what they say on the tin. I've actually been growing in our growth group. Who'd have thought it? <laughs> and they're places to pray. Home is a place to pray. You don't need a so-called holy place to pray. We pray anywhere. And I've been studying. Val's not in this morning. She's at the other end. But uh, we were talking, um, and did you, I, I've been doing some research as a result of a conversation with Val. I want to talk now to finish with the home of sisters. Two sisters, not married. Peggy Smith, who was blind and 84 years of age. Promising. And her sister, Christine, who was 80 And nearly doubled over with arthritis. Has anybody clocked what I'm talking about? Okay, I'll keep going. And they had a small cottage in a village called Barvas. I'm not going to tell you where it is because it will give it away. And they were too ill to go to church. So unable to attend church, their home became a sanctuary where they met with God. And he gave them a promise from Isaiah 44. I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessing on your descendants. So, Peggy and Christine gave God no rest and they prayed. They pleaded with God day and and into the night sometimes. And the result was a thing called the Hebridean Revival because they lived on the island of Lewis. And from 1949 to 1952, revival waves flowed over the isles of the Hebrides. The evangelist, Duncan Campbell, was called to the Isle of Lewis to do a two-week evangelistic uh, campaign. He stayed two years. (laughs) How New Testament is that? And Peggy and Christine worked from home. (laughs) They had a ministry and a mission, both from home. And that's what you need as a disciple of Jesus. Have a ministry inside the congregation and have a mission outside the congregation. They did both from home. And so I'm stopping. Jesus is inviting us home. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm twenty-three. He said, "In my father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place, a home for you. If you like, just to bow your head, um, I'm going to read from Psalm eighty-four to close." Make your home his home. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns for your place. My heart and flesh cry out for the living God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on going on a mission, a life, a journey with a purpose. Lord, so help us. In Jesus' name.